Welcome to episode 22 of Celluloid Freaks. I'm Chris. And I'm Kat. And we're going to be talking about John Carpenter's Escape from New York and John Carpenter's Escape from New L.A. I think I'm required to say John Carpenter's title every time it's one of his movies. He has that little vanity title over every yep, movie. That is true. <laughs> so um, let's get right into it. And um, I think Escape from L.A., the first thing I noticed rewatching it, was that it's one of those rare movies that has all of the titles appear before even a second of um, before even a second of the movie starts. It just sort of Inglorious Bastards did that too. It's a really um, I don't know what it does. It doesn't build any suspense. I think on its own, but if you have that cool music like Escape from New York does, you just thinking when's the movie's gonna start? I'm all amped up for this. I, I like that little. Technique. It gets all the credits out of the way over no visuals, and then air starts right into the movie. And I think from the beginning, actually, it's slower than I thought it than I thought it would be, or slower than I remember it at the very least. It it can be. I will say also the music from that though is really awesome. Yeah, John Car- John Carpenter's music in general, um, it, it's very hummable. Yes. It's uh, it's very recognizable. I used to listen to the film scores radio sometimes at work because, yes, the library is quiet, but sometimes it's really quiet. <laughs> and <laughs> it's, it's un- unmistakable when his film scores come on. And I, I really like the escape from New York and L.A. music. Yeah, if 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 nothing else, the, the music at John Carpenter's movies is really good, um, and there's a lot of things he does wonderfully well in every movie he does, um, and I'll get to uh, some of that later. But um, Snake Plissken as a character is, I think, he did that really dark anti-hero long before any other movie really got that dark with it. I mean, he, he's sort of. Um, there have been anti-heroes before, but Snake Plissken is solidly on the I'm only saving the world because you'll kill me if I don't. Yeah, because it works out for me to do this right now. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's, and he's not even working for the good guys in either movie. I mean, No, he's not. <laughs> so you've got a character who's sort of, he's a bad guy in and of himself, you know, at least if, uh, if you can accept his backstory as, you know, trying to rob whatever it was. Um, and he's being forced by one set of bad guys to stop another set of bad guys. There's really no good guys in this movie, except Cabby. Ernest Borgnine is awesome. Yes. I, I really, he said something about how he's been driving that cab for 30 years, so I wonder if, I think that means that he never actually left New York, even when it became a prison colony. That, actually, that's really smart. So I um I lo- I loved Ernest Borgnine in Escape from New York. He was just a really nice guy. It was just kind of interesting that here he's wandering around New York with a cab full of Molotov cocktails, and he's just this nice, unassuming guy. It's it's a really awesome character. I, I Ernest Borgnine should have been in more things. Is he still alive? Uh, let's IMDb real quick. I forget that that's a thing. <laughs> I should stop asking and just start IMDbing it. 
Uh, it doesn't say death, so I believe he is still alive. <laughs> he was certainly great in the couple minutes he was in basketball. I still haven't seen that. It, it's funny. <laughs> it's not not all that great, but it's funny. But I I loved uh, Ernest Borgnine's Cabbie and uh, Howard Dean Stanton in it also. Who there's another guy, a great character actor, um, had the best part in Red Dawn. He was an alien, and uh, you know the Green Mile, just a really recognizable character actor. He was brain in this, and that's that's the thing about Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. There are colorful, unforgettable characters. John Carpenter likes to paint in extremes. Yes, he does. <laughs> he, he, he loves... Uh, you can tell, I mean, he's a self-admitted big-time fan of westerns, and, he, and it shows in all his work. Even stuff that, by its nature, isn't the western formula, it's definitely got the western characters. Like, the Snake Plissken's sort of a loner, but he's much more of an anti-hero than most learners. Uh, and the bad guy is just this really larger-than-life... I mean, he's called the Duke. There it says it. Right there, um, I, I, um, I, I, I suppose it, it's it's a nice little travelogue through this horrible apocalyptic version of New York with these characters, somewhat somewhat reminiscent of the Warriors, I think. Yeah, I actually now that you say that, I one didn't know that Carpenter was that into western, but now that you say that, I can see it, oh, especially a... with you know Snake Plissken. Yeah. Whom he is, I love his character. I have to say that he is probably one of my favorite movie characters ever. And he's an ass. Yeah, well, he certainly. It, it's again. I think the only reason you're rooting for him is because he's badass, not because he's necessarily done anything good. Yeah, because you kind of wish you could be him. Yeah, he's. I mean. Uh, you like to be the guy who can get stabbed or shot in the leg and just keep on hobbling around. It, 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 he predates um, John McClane in that in that respect. I mean, John McClane was one of the first action heroes who took a beating and just kept on plugging away. But Snake Plissken really weathered, you know, the stabbings and what have you. I agree that that is true. He's he's very much like that. He, he's indestructible. The only downside to him is Escape from L.A. is essentially the same movie as Escape from New York. There's just some different characters, yeah. including, you know, the Surgeon General of Beverly Hills, which is awesome, and Bruce Campbell. But it's like, how did you get tricked into the exact same thing again? Well, I think they play with that at the end of L.A., not to give too much away, but I really liked how that ended up. Um as the timer is ticking down uh, in that movie. And in, in the first movie, I loved um, the doctor who implants him with the little explosives is named Dr. Cronenberg, but uh, I, I, uh, during, I saw during the credits. I just uh, thought that was a nice touch. And I think there was a character named Romero, too. Oh, Although really? I didn't see anybody call them that by name, but it was there in the credits at the end, a character named Romero. So, I thought, so he's got characters named Romero and Cronenberg. It's a real... You know, a real uh, genre thing there. I like that. I that's that's it. That's it's all genre. It's brilliant genre. I thought it was pretty darn slow, but 
it still was just a, a, a nifty journey full of really colorful characters. It's really unforgettable, and despite the fact that it sort of takes a lot of ideas from previous movies, like the Warriors and their assorted westerns, it's certainly unique. I agree. It is. It's very unique, and it's not, you know, a great movie in the classical sense of something like you know The Godfather or whatever. But those are really enjoyable and funny movies. Yeah. I, well, um, in my mind, Escape from L.A. less so, and I don't know if I'd like it if it weren't for Escape from New York. I agree. I mean, but I can't really say because obviously I saw Escape from New York first. And I have a really high tolerance for crappy sequels like that. Yeah, I, I, that, that's so... I was just so, excited to see more Snake Plissken and more of the humor. Yeah, I'll, well, I'll talk about my high tolerance uh, for whatever when I get to um, talking about the Three Stooges. But you're, ri- oh. you're right. You're, you're, you're right. There is a high... T- if, if you get characters you know and love, there really is a, a high tolerance for shenanigans. And, um... With Escape from New York, I certainly uh, there's one thing that J- John Carpenter does in all of the movies that he has this aspect in is he's great at having wraith-like villains, like swarms of villains. Uh, he does it in Assault on Precinct 13, uh, and he does it in Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. He does it in Ghosts of Mars, and um, to an extent in Children of the Damned. But he's really great at getting these. Even even in movies like Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. and Assault on Precinct 13, when they're all just human beings, he really makes them creepy and hive mind like and like wraiths. It's it's really it leads to really scary sequences, like the chock full of nuts sequence, where he's inside that diner and they start coming through the doors, and it's like, man, they are coming fast. This is not your normal horror movie where they have plenty of time to get away. If he wants to get away, he's got to run. Uh, so I, I love that's something that John Carpenter does really well, for the most part. And I'm realizing that you can't hear me shake my head. <laughs> Why do you disagree? No, I agree. You can't see me shake my head like yeah, <laughs> and think about it. And so that kind of is a little lost in the podcasting, but <laughs> it no, I mean his his characters, his um villains, and they. Think of crazy things to do to you. I remember the, I can't remember which movie it is, where Snake has to, like, make a certain number of baskets back and forth. That's Escape from L.A. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I mean, it's like the craziest shenanigans you could even (laughs) find. Yeah, that and the boxing match in the first one. Yes. I guess I remember Escape from L.A. a little more than New York, which is, I don't know, it's a little bad, I think. Because I, New York is the much better movie, and it didn't have Ryan Graff in it, so. <laughs> Instead, it had Donald Pleasance. Yes, Donald Pleasance was a great little addition to it, um, and I certainly loved his, um, his, his He's slipping into insanity throughout the whole movie. Yes. I mean, I guarantee nobody reacts to kidnappings well, but he really just went off the walls. Especially the um, 
especially his ah, "You're the Duke, you're the Duke" a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it, it's it really is the characters that makes those movies. Especially Escape from L.A. has maps to the stars, Eddie. Oh yeah, maps to the stars, Eddie is awesome. <laughs> With that Cadillac. And the look on his face where he sees Pliskin chasing his car with a surfboard. Yes, with, in the toxic goo. Yeah, that is why you cannot totally hate a movie like that. Because Snake Pliskin rides a tsunami wave to chase a car. Yes. <laughs> there is, it, it's so, you, you can't even go, well, that's just unrealistic. Yeah, that's why it's so freaking awesome. Exactly. Um, well, I mean, how realistic is it? He has something implanted under his skin that if he doesn't make it out in 42 hours, they won't be able... No, that's to track him. They gave him the shot that if he doesn't make it out in 48 hours, he's going to die of the plague. Yeah. There's, um... I, I think um, in both movies, it has this bit where he's got quite a lot of time, and then something, like, sidetracks him, gets knocked out, kidnapped, or whatever, and then, wow, that time is drastically cut a lot shorter. It's 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 a nice little um, suspense upper uh, that I really love. I think I'm talking too loud. I'm sorry, <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I um it's I think both movies are just even even though I don't like Escape from L.A. as a movie, I just find it it is truly a so bad it's good kind of movie. Escape from New York certainly is just good, but I think Escape from L.A. gets entertainment value out of the whole Snake Plissken thing. Yeah, I mean if. Was no escape from New York. Escape from LA would just be, it'd be you know a sci-fi channel movie at best. <laughs> it certainly didn't make use of a great use of a budget in Escape from LA. I I think this the effects in Escape from New York were somewhat better than in Escape from yeah, LA. Actually, I agree. And I mean, there's just little things that are personal to me that I can't get over with some of Escape from LA, like. I saw that, obviously, after I'd seen, you know, Hot Shots and stuff, and I can't get over the fact that the one chick is, you know, in Hot Shots, or Hot Shots Part Two. I can't remember, the <laughs> the one female, who, although she is an actual respected actress to a degree, because she's also in Rain Man, but I still can't get over Hot Shots when I watch her in Rain Man, either. <laughs> I don't watch Rain Man. That solves the problem. Really? Rain Man is awesome! No, I've seen it. I don't watch it. I, I didn't... It's, I mean, I didn't not enjoy it, but it's not something I need to see again. Oh, really? I could watch that, like, once a year. Well, I, I do like Dustin Hoffman in it, and I do like Tom Cruise in it, but it's just, it's so funny to me because everybody parodied it, parodied it more than anything for, like, so much. I just can't see it without laughing at how funny the parodies are. I mean, even that scene in The Hangover... True. Uh, it, it it to me is better than the scene in Rain Man. Uh, so, but um, with Escape from New York and Escape from L.A., I mean, those are those are somewhat. I don't even think they're really parodied. Th that movie is too ridiculous to parody. Oh yeah, I mean, if you parodied that, you would just be a joke. Yeah. Because <laughs> in a way, it's already a, a joke. It doesn't take itself as serious, it, really seriously. No, um, it, I mean, you can't have any movie like that and have it really take itself seriously. Yeah. 
My only complaint is it sh it has on that cover it has the Statue of Liberty's head, and that isn't anywhere. I don't think. I don't think the Statue of Liberty's head is in anywhere on the streets of New York. I don't believe so. I mean, that's in Cloverfield, but it's not an Escape from New York. I have I to wonder it... now if Cloverfield took the cover art as inspiration for that one scene. Probably. <laughs> I'm just gonna go with that because it's awesome. <laughs> but uh, overall, I think I'm. I think I've said my piece about it. I don't know about you. I I think that's about all to say. I mean, they they're great movies, or at least Escape from New York is. They're not serious. They're not supposed to be serious. Snake Plissken is a ginormous douche hole. <laughs> but but he, you want him to win because yes. he's so awesome at it. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, I think with Escape from New York, I'll give it three out of four. And Escape from L.A., I'll give it one and a half out of four. I would give Escape from New York four out of five. And I would give Escape from L.A. three out of five. But that's just because Snake Plissken's in it. Yeah, I, I still, you know, I enjoy it, but it, I enjoy it on how how terrible it is. But it still makes me grin to see <laughs> Snake Plissken doing itself. You know what? And I will say this about Escape from L.A. without giving anything away or too much away. I think that the ending of Escape from L.A. had balls. Yes. Th that was That was a brutally awesome ending to a movie. I kind of wish the rest of it were as good. Agreed. But, um, yeah, that that ending just left me going, wow. I think that's why I still, even though it's a bad movie, I can rewatch it. I didn't this time for, for the show. I, I relied on memory, but still. I, I, I have no problem rewatching it if I wanted to. I had to do some of this off of memory. Well, I mean, I had to do it off memory. We would have rewatched it if I hadn't been so lazy. <laughs> I, yeah, I... I think the fact that I got so many movies in recently speaks to my laziness and not against it. So we'll, we'll see, though, because um, for what we watched uh, in the last couple of weeks, I watched The Beautician and the Beast. Oh, my starring... God. Did you lose a bet? No. I saw it was on HBO Go, and God damn it, I think Fran Drescher is funny. Did you ever watch The Nanny? Yes, I watched The Nanny. Yes, so there you go. Jeez. So, I watched The Beautician and the Beast, and it was really funny. It was so stupid. So, so stupid. But it's just so funny watching Timothy Dalton as an irascible dictator with the Dalton mustache and, you know, Fran Drescher as... I. There are s several um, sort of inspirations. Uh, there's a Sound of Music thing going on, and... Um, all other sort of inspirations to this movie, but I just, uh, I think it's so goofy and light, and it's fun. I mean, there are certain lines of dialogue that I think are just, uh, they really stick with me and make me get, there's, um, what was one? She she brings home a chicken from the, the countries at, at one point to, to her parents' house, and there's the chicken in its little pen, and, and Fran Jester goes, Ma, what's the chicken eating? Same as the rest of us. You fed the chicken chicken, and the mom goes, I should cook two meals! Wow. So, it's something, I, I can't really do it justice, because it's all Fran Drescher, and uh, whoever the chick plays her mother, but it's just, there's a fun interplay with between her and the parents, even though there are a few scenes. Uh, Michael Lerner plays her dad, who's pretty funny, and Michael Lerner is also somebody who isn't in much. Did you ever see A Serious Man? No. 
Okay, well, there's a scene. Michael Lerner's in that for all of a few minutes. He, there's a big build-up to his character. He's a master lawyer and everything, and like minor spoiler alert, uh, but he's this big master lawyer who's going to help the main character, walks into the room, is about to talk, and then has a stroke and dies. And just, he doesn't even have any lines, and he's brilliant. I like Michael Lerner. But uh, after that, I saw Bridesmaids, and I found that quite entertaining. Not so much the hangover for chicks that was advertised, really, too. Um, there's there's a bit generic romantic comedy to it, but it, it was really... I laughed really hard watching that. I, I, so I, I really enjoyed the hell out of that. And uh, after that, I went to see The Three Stooges. Um, it was good Stooges. They really did Sean Hayes, uh, Chris Diamantopoulos, and um, Will Sasso, the guy from Mad TV, are great Stooges. They're like on the money, and um, especially Sean Hayes is Larry. His Larry is perfect, and so like it gets all the gags done. It made me laugh uproariously. Still wasn't a good movie, but it was great Stooges. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and um, uh, you know. Uh, I, I saw, after I watched Escape from New York, I decided to uh, watch a couple Car John Carpenter movies I hadn't seen before. So I watched Ghosts of Mars, which started off really great. I For the first 45 minutes, I was thinking, I can't understand why the reviews of this are so bad. Well, I can understand because it's ridiculous, but it's that brand of John Carpenter ridiculous I love. But then it gets to a point where it really squanders its abilities and... There's some pretty lame action sequences and some pretty bad scares, and it goes on. Even for a short movie, it's only an hour and 40 minutes, it does go on too long. and has, like, uh, there's, like, two different climaxes, and they're sort of both ineffectual. Nice. And I, I was kind of bummed because some of the things that were done poorly are the things that John Carpenter usually done, does well. Like, the first 45 minutes of the movie are, are sort of this great mystery that are told in, like, flashbacks, and sometimes there are flashbacks within flashbacks. Uh, like, it, it goes, it backtracks to describe what another character was doing while you were hearing from this one point-of-view character. And after I read a review that said that that was confusing, I wasn't confused at all. I, I, I really thought, for the, the first 45 minutes or so, that movie were really, really good. And then it just kind of, eh. So... I'm not upset that I saw it. I'm glad I saw it, but I don't really... I'm probably not going to ever watch it again, sadly. And then I saw Big Trouble in Little China, a movie that everybody loves except me. Because I just... I was struggling to stay awake, and I have sleeping problems. <laughs> I was struggling to stay awake, and I have sleeping problems? Yes. Wow. I I can't go to sleep without pills, and I nearly fell asleep in escape in, in, in during Big Trouble in Little China. It just was, you know, um, to quote a, I'm stealing a quote from a friend of mine. Uh, he said this about Avatar, but uh, he said, you know, stuff was happening. It looked cool, but I just didn't give a shit. And <laughs> that's pretty much Big Trouble in Little China. I can't, I couldn't be bothered to muster up anything. I get it, like. He's sort of a John Wayne type, except he's terrible. When push comes to shove, it's actually the other guy who does all the work. And uh, uh, Kurt, Kurt Russell, I must called him Kirk Douglas. Kurt Russell is sort of, um, he's sort of, there's one action sequence where he literally gets knocked unconscious for half of it. So like that I appreciated, uh, but otherwise it was just kind of stupid. And I get that it's stupid on purpose, but you know, mission accomplished. 
So uh, that's really all that I watched aside from assorted television. What did you watch? Um, well, I'll start with the craziest. So you know how Netflix will have recommendations for you, right? Yes. And we're going through, and there's a movie called Rubber, and there's a picture of a tire. Oh, God. Yes. I, I've heard of this. And Brandon's kind of like, well, maybe this is about, you know, tires and rubber stuff. And it, we look at it. Like a documentary. And, no, it's not, not a documentary. <laughs> it's a quote-unquote comedy horror movie. And I was stupid a little bit in reading the description because it's about a tire with psychic powers. I, I knew there was animals in the description. I thought it helped animals. But it helps animals out of their skin and out of their head. Damn! Yeah, it just blows stuff up. Mostly animals and then people. And the thing is that the movie is all a big WTF. Because this tire's going through the world doing this. And also in the movie, there the movie starts with these this guy setting up these chairs in the desert. And then this car comes and knocks a bunch of the chairs down. And then stops. What a and dick! Then, and then a guy gets out of the trunk of the car... And starts being like, why is the sky blue? It just doesn't make sense and all this stuff. And he's actually talking to a group of people that they are making kind of stand on a mountain and watch the movie of the tire while the movie is actually going on and we're watching it. What? Yeah. And so it's like they're making a movie in the movie. And it's a big joke about it, but not. And it's just a big amount of... It's a big WTF. It's the crazy. Sounds like. Yeah. I mean, it was it was interesting. I don't know if I would watch it again. And it may be better if you're not entirely clear-headed. <laughs> you're saying drunk, yes? Maybe not that. Okay. <laughs> but we also... That was the craziest thing we watched. Um, we also rewatched Step Brothers. <laughs> That's a... Now that... That is a funny-ass movie. I... I didn't like it the first time I Why saw it. Why not? No, I'm just kidding. But I didn't necessarily like Anchorman the first time I saw it. Sometimes, I guess his movies are kind of like... You're like, what the hell was that? Well, I still kind of get that about Anchorman. It's immensely quotable and funny, but I really want to fast forward through half of it. But I have now taken to using the term doucher pretty much in, like, everyday <laughs> language. That term was made for you. <laughs> yeah, it kind of was. But, I mean, that movie, it was absolutely hilarious. We, I totally enjoyed it. We laughed. A lot. And it was awesome to see Ben from Parks and Rec not be Ben. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was, ridic he was ridiculous in Step Brothers. Yes. Well, my favorite joke to this day is still the 1980s Billy Joel cover band. I just want oh that to gosh, be a thing. Yes. <laughs> yes I, I was telling Brandon that, that I would go somewhere just to watch a cover band of only 1980s Billy Joel. <laughs> No, it's only the 80s. We don't do that stuff. <laughs> hey, listen, motherfucker. We only yeah. do 80s Billy Joel, so take your skank hooker wife and get the hell out of here. Yes. I would totally, I would travel out of my way to see a 1980s Billy Joel cover band. <laughs> oh, man. And, of course, there's, I mean, I think 
the one quote that never gets that always gets if you even mention you're watching Step Brothers on Facebook or something, someone always pipes up with the fucking Catalina wine mixer. Yes, I was just about to say that. It's a fucking Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> oh, that 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 truly is an entertaining movie. I haven't liked any other of um, Adam McKay's movies with I kind of like parts of Anchorman, but Step Brothers I I love. <laughs> we be just become best friends. I think we did. <laughs> wait, 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 I can't oh, remember. Yeah. Oh, and he's rubbing his like ball sack all over the drums. Yes. Well, I think um, there's um, that whole test when, when they're trying to figure out their best friend. There was um, why do you have a samurai sword signed by Randy Jackson? Well, I ran into him, and all I had was the samurai sword. And now you're just you're not gonna not get Randy Jackson's autograph. So what else? Um, we watched, we've watched a good amount of TV, like some Battlestar Galactica. Nice. We rewatched most of Tropic Thunder. <laughs> you never go for retard. Never. Well, actually, oddly enough, I was, um, the line, um, literally fuck your own face came up my head. Well, it came up in my head about something. Yes. <laughs> it's like sometime today. That 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 is one of Tom Cruise's just most brilliant performances. Take a step back and literally fuck your own face. <laughs> I will annihilate you. I will fuck you up. It's perfect. Yeah. Tom Cruise needs to do more things yes. like that. I mean, I know who that was. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, it's. I have great confidence in Tom Cruise as an actor, despite the fact that he's the crazy. He's all sorts of crazy. Well, he's an amazing actor because he convinced us he wasn't crazy for about 20 years. Yeah. And there, there's, um, I, I mean, even go, going back to movies like Magnolia and Eyes Wide Shut, he's just brilliant in both of those. There's Collateral, which he scared the Christ out of me. That is a good movie. I, I really liked Collateral. Yeah. Um, curses. I, I'm trying to think of what the other one. Um, and in War of the Worlds... I think that one that movie doesn't get enough credit. Um, there are pockets of stupidness in it, but it was re really intense in parts. And Tom Cruise, especially, there's someone who made his entire career out of playing cocky hotshots. Like that's the his the entirety of his career was that. And, um, and in fact, even in Magnolia, that's what he's doing. Um, in a way, he's sort of kind of you go more in depth in it, but in War of the Worlds, he really. He just plays scumbag so well. He plays scumbag and, so well. Yeah, and, and and I don't even mean like you know a addict or a freaking con artist type scumbag, but just kind of a terrible father, you know, and lazy mm -hmm. jackass kind of scumbag. It just was kind of uh, now. I have a lot of I, I have a lot of respect for him as an actor. He's batshit insane, but as an actor, it did just, um, I, I did, and Tropic Thunder was the icing on the cake when he just came out with, it wasn't exactly a fat suit, but with those large arms and fat hands and the balding cap. Yeah, and the hairiness. Yes. It looked like fucking Robin Williams. Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> well, what else did you see? Um, Office Space, you watched that the other night. 
which that just is funny. Is. I have had printers that I want to beat the other loving crap out of. Yeah, we just uh, destroyed one at work a, uh, about a week ago. It was cathartic. We were told to throw it out, but we went a little extra. We we there was a little icing on the cake there. Nice. Well, you just got to do it. Yes, you do. <laughs> but aside from that, then we watched, I mean, we've watched some more Big Bang Theory, which I think has some of the best casting of any TV show. Just maybe not necessarily what I would call stunt casting, but just really smart nods to your audience. I get that. I don't watch enough of it, but I do have uh, someone who occasionally comes into work and he's referred to himself as my Will Wheaton. Oh, he seriously has? Yeah, well, we're arch nemeses. Fake arch nemeses, yeah, but fake still. Fake arch nemeses. Well, and they have Sarah Gilbert as a sometimes love interest for Johnny Glecky's character. Hmm. And seeing as how they were together on Roseanne. I... And, I don't think I've watched Roseanne since it was on TV originally. She, he was her big love and eventually her husband and stuff. Although when you go back, like the last season of Roseanne essentially was a dream and it turns out that Dan died and actually she had rewritten everything because Mark and Becky weren't together. It was actually Mark and Sarah Gilbert's character that were together. And stuff like that. Yeah, I know too much about that show, and I remember the ending way too much because Brandon's giving me a look like I, there's something wrong with you. But <laughs> uh, and then they have Maya Bialik in Big Bang Theory. So I, think, I mean, yeah, some have, of these references are just going over my head. Maya Bialik, you don't know who she is? Me, 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 me. No, I don't. Blossom, did you ever watch Blossom? Did I ever? Well, I guess I did see Beautician of the Beast, so maybe it might be valid that I watched Blossom. But no, I never watched Blossom. You've never heard the, the phrase? Oh you my know, god! Not a very special episode. You never did. You never did. You've never hey. tried strawberry ice cream. Yeah. Have you never had strawberry ice cream? No, it just. Well, no, but. No, there's a big. It's a big joke about like when they have the episodes. Like, I guess. I'm going to spoil this. People can deal with it. How I Met Your Mother. Apparently, it turns out that Robin can't ever have kids. I read an article about that. I still haven't watched any more of that show. I can't deal with Ted. Yeah, I read an article that said their dad's an asshole. Should just fucking tell the kids how they... F yeah. Yes, they should. <laughs> but they, whenever there's an episode where it deals with very, something special and dark, they call it a very special episode because apparently, like, Blossom was a big thing with, like, on a very special episode of Blossom. The only thing I remember, like, about Blossom was an episode of The Simpsons where Lisa dressed up in weird clothes and Milhouse said, you look like, or she looks like Blossom. That's it. Wow. You are a bit younger than me, though, so. Like, two or three years. Yes, I remember that Joey Lawrence always said, Whoa! I'm Blossom. Oh, Joey Lawrence was on that? No, I, yeah. I might watch that. <laughs> yeah, Joey Lawrence, you know. But I think that's about it. I, I wrote the stuff down, so hopefully I would remember. Yeah, I had to write mine down, too. I usually only see, like, one or two things. This time I had four. 
Well, now that I say it out loud, I can't believe I had to write down four things so I didn't forget. Yeah, I had to because I will forget. I'm sure I forgot stuff, but we had time during Easter to actually watch TV. <laughs> I had time during from Easter to eat and then go into the food coma. Um, <laughs> but I suppose there's no such... Uh, no such free time next week. I, uh, with Next week we're going to be watching The Cabin in the Woods. That sounds like a plan. Yes. Because now that... Uh, and then the week after that, I don't know what, what's good, but uh, the week after that is The Avengers. And then Prometheus is coming out. This is gonna be, it's going to be a good couple of months coming up. So I suppose we will all see each other next week for Cabin in the Woods. Good night. Good night. Good night.